Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's always at work in our mess. I'm Jen Jewell, the host of this Conversation Style podcast, which airs a brand new episode every other Tuesday. Today, my friend Amy Groeschel is also here as my co-host. And guys, we love getting to partner with our church, Life Church, and our sister's ministry. But we're also huge fans of the Capital C Church, the global body of Christ. Honestly, we believe we can do infinitely more together than apart. So no matter who you are, no matter where you're coming from, no matter your story, you are wanted and welcome in this place. Speaking of the big wide world, we're hoping you already have the YouVersion Bible app downloaded to your phone, God's Word literally in our pockets for free in hundreds of languages with all kinds of tools and resources and reading plans. Maybe you already have it, but you're not quite using it the way you could. For me, especially when I'm waiting, it's easy to waste time on social media. Now, don't get me wrong, Instagram is great in moderation, but I'm often waiting in the carpool line, waiting at the dentist, waiting for my kids to get out of soccer practice. But instead, when I take the time throughout the day to refocus my mind on what matters to God, it also affects what matters to me. Well, friends, all cards on the table. Our only agenda here is to provide an honest space where we can all take a deep, intentional breath of truth and encouragement. Because life can be wild and crazy and busy, but the table is common ground where we can slow down and learn from the women who've gone before us or are currently walking beside us. It's where we can recall those timeless reminders of God's character, promises, and faithfulness. As you know, life cannot be boiled down to five-second sound bites or perfectly curated Instagram feeds or white picket fences. No, it's often bitter and sweet. It's reality and hope. It's questions and faith. It's all of it. Romans 8.28 says, We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And as our guest Cheryl reminds us today, all means all, the good, the bad, the ugly, the messy. Cheryl Lang is the director of Impact Parenting, a seasoned Bible teacher and a wise woman of God, as well as a mother and grandmother. But her stunning example of perseverance, humility, and God-given strength isn't modeled by mere words, but in the way she's lived and surrendered her actual life. When Cheryl was smack in the trenches of raising and homeschooling her five kids, ranging from 18 to four years old, she unexpectedly lost her husband and the father of her children to cancer. Today, Cheryl is offering us decades of hard-earned wisdom and grit and understanding as a wife, mom, and widow who has lived through the pain of her darkest days. Y'all, this episode could have turned into a whole series, and I wouldn't have been done listening. But as always, we take what we can get. So... Grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me for a chat with Cheryl. Well, Cheryl, Amy, and I are just so thrilled to have you here. So welcome to The Messy Table. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Cheryl, I am so excited to have you as our guest. Yeah. It is because my heart is so endeared to you. Um, Cheryl, you guys go way back. We go way back. Cheryl has been a mentor in my life informally and formally throughout almost 20 years. And I just feel such an honor that God placed you in my life. I owe so much of my my growth as a mom and as a wife and as a believer to you. And so and I want to be quiet now so that listeners <laughs> can get to know you. Would you just tell us a little bit about the highlights of who you are in, in your, your life? Wow. Amy, I love you. I love you. What a joy it's been <laughs> to process and live life together. Mm-hmm. Well, Let's see. That's such a big question. <laughs> Who <know>. are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm a really blessed person because I began to evaluate recently of all the people on earth, I've been able to actually live the life I would really want. Mm. Now, not scripted the way I thought it would be, Mm. but on this end of where I am in this season to look back and go, I got to do what I wanted to do. Um, I married the absolute man of my dreams. Talk about messy table. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's all we brought. But I have like the world's most romantic story of how we Mm -hmm. met. And um, I've never wanted a cup of coffee with another man since I met Bill. Mm -hmm. And we have five children, and now I have five grandchildren. Specifically, I've been in parenting ministry for almost 20 years, Mm -hmm. and I love to be involved in lives and to share the Lord. I love teaching His Word, and I'm thrilled to see what God is going to do today Mm -hmm. in my life. I have such joy because I know Him. Mm-hmm. I know I'm on the edge of my seat because I can already tell you're just incredible and have such wisdom to share. Would you just tell us a little bit about a time in your life? And I know there has been a tremendous mess that you have walked through in your life. Would you tell us all about what that looked like for you and just what happened? I sure will. All right. So first, let me back up and give a little backstory. I wasn't just a cup half full person. I was a cup that was almost full and bubbled over the top. That's just my natural (laughs) makeup. And I felt like I was kind of set up for life to be disappointed because what I thought life really was going to be is like an instant pot. Y'all have instant pots? Yeah. I love I my need instant. to jump on that bandwagon. Okay. <laughs> I just have a crock pot. I well, need the no, instant no, pot. No, 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 no. I'm not into Uh-oh. trendy. I don't like I never have liked trendy. But when I saw my daughter-in-law use the when they were visiting us use their instant pot, went, need one of these. Yes. Right. And so it turned out actually to be the picture of what I thought life was going to be. So you get one, you're intimidated with it, and you do a little research, and you learn, and you look at recipes, and you watch other people, and you make some failures, and you do all this. But as you kind of get it, it begins to be low maintenance. You're getting the results you want, and it just works. Mm -hmm. And so I really thought that with life. So I thought, oh, I get this is what the life of a believer is, and you work on your marriage. And you work in life, and you kind of figure it out, and you get the parenting thing going, and you get it, and you go, okay, I've really got it. And um, the problem is life's a messy table Mm -hmm. because of Genesis 3. We're all broken, Mm -hmm. and life is just messy. That's right. So I was surprised. So in our early 30s, Bill went to graduate school, and he didn't just go to a graduate school. He went to the international business graduate school that rivals what Harvard offers. And he is brilliant, talented. Mm-hmm. He already spoke German and was conversational in several other languages. So he breezed through, got a double master's in international marketing and finance. Mm-hmm. And plus, he had all those languages. Mm-hmm. Cha-ching! We've turned the corner. It's going to be great. Mm. So we thought, this is going, graduate school and all that was a little hard. And then Bill never used that degree. No one could understand why. Hmm. Um, It was a school that corporations from all over the world would come to, begging and seeking and pulling. And he had so many interviews. He had interviews where a co-owner of the corporation 
came and he told the, his partner, this is the man to hire. He was in the final three and the other two people, they said, you know, if we don't hire you, whom should we hire and why? And both of them said, Bill. Mm. I mean, it went on and on there. So we thought, oh, this is our trial and then we'll get through this. Well, he never used it. And mm. so he was underemployed forever. And it eventually got where he didn't want to mention his graduate degrees because the interviewers would say, why would we hire you for this crummy, low-level job when you should be running the company? Mm -hmm. So we thought that was our burden. That was what was hard. Mm -hmm. And at first, I thought, oh, I'm being so humbled. Oh, aren't we being humbled? Aren't we being humbled? No, it was humiliated. And mm -hmm. it was a lot of years of humiliation before God could ever work through to even begin to humble us. Mm -hmm. And Bill and I said so many times, and eventually we had our five children, and he said, um, wow, babe, we've got everything that really counts. And we're so thankful. Lord, we're really thankful for just this one thing. And we just kept looking to turn that corner. But those wonderful years God was using to prepare us for what we didn't know was heading our way. Mm. So 20 years ago this summer, Memorial Day weekend, we came to mm -hmm. a pre-marriage class graduation, Doug McLaren mm -hmm. at Life Church, and they wanted us to come and share about how God worked in our lives and what mm -hmm. made our lives, our marriages, particularly marriages. And on the way home, Bill turned and he said, sweetheart, the only thing that works is brokenness. And we have got to just really depend on God in a way we never imagined. Mm -hmm. And so I remember sitting there in the car driving home, tears streaming down my face, mm -hmm. and we just prayed, Lord, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. Specifically, we were thinking about some very close family members that weren't saved, but we didn't know what it was. We just knew God was saying, really and truly, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm whatever that meant. And then two days after that, our baby turned four, and our doctor called and said cancer for the first time. Mm. So Bill was that week diagnosed with kidney cancer. He mm. was 45. Yeah. No one at 45 gets mm -hmm. it unless you have a reason to have it. Mm -hmm. He was 45 and you were? He was 45 and I was getting, I was a little older than he was. So I was okay. like 46 and okay. a half. Older woman. <laughs> yeah. I, I robbed the cradle. That's right. <laughs> and um, so that call, I hyperventilated mm. because this was out of left field, left field's left field. Mm hmm no one wants that call. I'm telling you, our universe changed. Yeah. Mm. It was like being having another life. I mean, there is a line between um, what was before and this whole new world. Right. And But the amazing thing is God gave us a gift of faith that we never had before, that um, mm. we weren't afraid. Mm. And he gave us that ability to trust him on a level that I didn't think was available to us in this life. Mm. We just didn't know what he was going to do. And so then, when you uh, say faith, it wasn't necessarily faith that he would be healed, but just faith that God was it God. Just, it was like a true gift of faith that we just trust God. Mm. Yeah. Whatever it was. And it was amazing. 
I knew him well before. I was a mature believer, and I knew the word well. But to have the one thing in all of history that we didn't want given to us, Mm -hmm. and to be able to just trust God with it, Mm -hmm. I, I can't describe it except it was a gift. And the other thing was we moved into agape love in an instant. Wow. And I thought, where was this all of our marriage? <laughs> Always wanted it, but we didn't do anything. God put us there. And so I have tasted what a marriage of agape love really tastes like and feels like. And that's my passion. I've been in parenting and marriage ministry with women for about 20 years. And that taste... Mm. I want to work and develop in marriages. Mm. So anyway, we only had Bill 15 weeks, and then he left us. So our oldest daughter had just graduated and was still at home, and then, of course, all the way down to four. Goodness. I just want to stop for a minute because you've said some things that just beg to be just looked into further, especially what you recently just said about agape love and that experience. Just uh, explain to me kind of a, a difference between the love before and the agape love that you were tasting. Okay. Well, that's the wonderful thing I offer you and anyone under the age of 70 probably is the best thing in life really is is growing old with Jesus. Mm-hmm because of the experiences, the transformation, the wisdom, and the opportunity to develop intimacy with Him. I'm so thankful because the last year or so was our very best time of marriage. I really did marry someone else. We were crazy about each other. Mm -hmm. If real life hadn't existed, we could have just enjoyed each other. Okay? So it really (laughs) was. And just the selfishness and immaturity We really enjoyed each other. And like I say, I've never wanted a cup of coffee with anyone, Mm -hmm. any man, since I met Bill, Mm -hmm. as messy as we were. But the agape love is other-focused. And instead of having to work on my yucky heart to choose to put him first, to choose to serve him, to choose to defer Mm -hmm. and put his wishes the way in a marriage where it's healthy— we didn't have to anymore. Yeah. The other person was the person we thought of first. Yeah. Everything came into perspective, it sounds like. But it was a gift. Yeah. I go, wow, Lord, wish mm. you had done this 15 years ago. Mm. But he just did it like faith. I believe I've probably always had the gift of faith. I didn't realize it. But it was so evident that summer. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we would just we'd go, what's going to happen? He goes, I don't know. And I remember after he had his kidney removed, they thought it was like a encapsulated little tumor that they were just going to be able to take out with his kidney. It was everywhere. Mm. Of course, I go, well, I don't understand that misunderstanding, but it mm. was just all in there. And so it was a death sentence unless God intervened. And the day we came home from the hospital, I was helping him, was getting ready for bed. And he said, Cheryl, this is our destiny. And it was a word the Spirit just gave to us. Now there is um, something that's popular to say, well, my word for the year or my word. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Spirit just gave us the word. And as soon as he said it, I said, yes. Mm. I go, how are you going to be a part of this destiny? That was the big question. But like I say, it was so incredible. There was no fear in it. Mm -hmm. There was just real God confidence, which I think is the gift of faith, is trusting Him instead of me. Right. Wow. So I hear just this remarkable, like you're saying, faith. Like 
God gave you the gift of faith, there wasn't that fear. You trusted God. And that is a gift because I think about all the things that were going down that summer and it had to have been ugly. I mean, watching your husband die. But I want you to take us back. You had young kids. I have young kids right now. And my heart just cringes at the thought of what you were going through. You know, I've loved ones who have died recently. My aunt walking through losing her husband and life without him. And she has such a strong, unbelievable faith. But there's still the reality. Yes right? Everyday life, the reality of things are hard, things are messy. What was that like? Yeah. Messy doesn't even begin to scratch the surface, Mm -hmm. okay? But I will say it wasn't ignorant faith. It wasn't like, oh, Jesus can just do everything, and we're trusting that. Yeah, I don't like that faith. (laughs) It was built on decades of knowing His Word, being really deep and yes. grounded, seeking and spending a lot of time with Him. Yeah. Not formal time with Him, but in His Word, talking mm-hmm. with Him. Wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. All those years, what I thought were the, you know, a hard thing. I really sought Jesus. I knew mm-hmm. Him well. I love that. And so generally, because I've talked to a lot of people over the years, and I love to engage people in the world all the time, whether I'm at Home Depot or waiting in line at the grocery store or the mailman. And I'd love to kind of broach the subject of what my situation is. And everyone says, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. That's what every single person has said all these two decades. You're right. And just before we lost Bill, and it's an incredible story, but just before we lost him, he was in a hospital bed in our bedroom. And we were talking and I said, sweetheart, my entire adult life, nothing has happened that I haven't processed with you. Even mm-hmm. our struggles, everything, I've processed everything with you. If God doesn't heal you, and He's going to have to turn something around very quickly, how am I going to do this? How can I process this without you? And He oh, just yeah. said, sweetheart, we're just going to have to trust Jesus with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the only one big enough, mm-hmm. and it really is true. Jen, it was so crushing. Um, Grief is just someone I didn't know at all. But the truth is, my heart was cut in half. Mm. I had a hole the size bigger than the Grand Canyon, Mm -hmm. and my children were so devastated. (sighs) And I just kept going, Lord, being a family and family and the relationships and the importance Mm -hmm. of all that— we thought that was our ministry. We mm-hmm. thought that's what we were living, you know, living for was to share with people and to exhibit a family-oriented family and who he was. I, I could just tell you what people have said. Mm-hmm. And I go, how can we do that now that you've taken him? Mm-hmm. And then my children. And I remember when he turned the corner of it, instead of looking like he was getting better, healing from the surgery, and I had my little one on my lap and my other two little ones sitting on either side of me, and I was reading to them, which was mm-hmm. <laughs> typical, and I was reading a book, and so I'm reading out loud, and I went, oh, he may actually really die, Lord. I mean, again, it can't be the reality yeah. of it. Wow. And I said, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. You have convinced us the importance of a father and the influence, all of that. I go, you can't take it from this little one sitting in my lap. He has to have his father. Mm -hmm. And then he spoke to me. And that's one of the amazing things is he began to speak, not out loud, but he just, I'm so dependent. He just talks to me all the time. (laughs) And he said, Cheryl, 
I have a plan for Jonathan's life that has nothing to do with you and Bill. Wow. You're going to have to trust me with uh, me. Wow. Okay, so the amount of that burden was so big, I went, well, I have to. Yeah. And so I was freed from that point. Now, on earth, there's nothing I care about more than my family, mm-hmm. period. But I have to trust him. Yeah. So that's what I had to do. But it was horrible. My older daughter and I talk about it, and we go, what did we do that first six months? Mm. I mean, it was a fog. Oh, I bet. That we t- yeah. I mean, yeah. I can remember kind of like waking up. Mm-hmm. Six months later. Mm-hmm. And obviously everybody ate, but I don't remember fixing meals. I don't remember <laughs> mm-hmm. what we did. Just kind of survived. Even it was time my son said we're out of dog food. And I go, I just got big bags from Walmart. You know, sometimes they slip the bags so mm-hmm. you get them for cheap. And I had bought several <laughs> big bags like that. And I go, why are we buying more dog food? I just bought those. Uh-huh. Because mom, that was in June. Yeah. And this was March. Yeah. So that just typifies. I don't think I went out back for those six months oh, in our Lord. in our yard. So it was horribly hard. Our functioning began to look fairly normal. Mm-hmm. And, and did each of your children just process differently? And that's the hard part because the olders didn't process well because they knew what they had lost and it was devastating and they felt the responsibility to hold it together mm-hmm. for the rest of us. Mm. In fact, each of them came to me individually and said, Mom, we'll drop out of school. We'll quit doing everything. Go to work so you can stay home with the littles mm-hmm. and raise them. So that was really hard. So they closed up their boxes and went on. And then the little ones, even though I tried to help us process, oh, I'm sure. the little ones didn't know what their loss Mm-hmm. And they were too little. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have the capacity. So my kids as adults now, everybody's over 24. So they're beginning in their adult lives to process well yeah. what mm-hmm. they lost. But it was just hard. And people would say, do you think you need to go to counseling, grief counseling? I go, they're not going to open up to them. If they won't open up mm-hmm. at yeah. home, they don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. So I tried to keep the topic. I tried to do the healthy thing. The Holy Spirit just showed me a lot of ways yeah. to, oh, yeah. in a healthy way, keep Bill alive in their lives in mm-hmm. the right way and to help them. But it's, it's yeah. hard. I didn't know anything could hurt all the time. Uh, yeah, And it just hurt me all the time. And yeah. I go, Lord, why can't I just get over this? Mm-hmm. You know, other people, two and three years into it, other people are just married again and they're moving on. And I still hurt all the time. And I would say there's not a fix mm-hmm. because I don't want somebody else. I was very committed to raising my children without bringing another husband into the home. Mm-hmm. So there was no question on that. But And some people do that. God calls them oh, to that. Fine. And it's wonderful. Everybody's but, led different. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Everybody else's grief is different. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, God had called me to that. But I didn't know it would still hurt so much. Mm-hmm. I thought you'd just kind of grieve and, and get over it. Yeah. And so it's been a wonderful process. I have no pain now. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't for a number of years. My mm-hmm. kids still have pain, but um, I have scars. Mm-hmm. But he's yeah. brought it through. But it gave me the gift that I would offer everyone, which is abject dependence. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't like need Jesus every day or even every hour. Um, I needed him every second. And yes. so I kept my children at home because we were long-time homeschoolers. 
And at first, I can remember dreading waking up. When I would open my eyes, I thought, oh, no, I've lived through another it's night. still yes. real. Yeah. It was too painful. And I could just tell you all <laughs> kinds of stories. Yeah. Okay, you're talking about how hard it was. There was one time, and I remember in my bedroom, and I said, okay, that's it. I cannot go on. So I'm not. It's over. I'm done. Now, I don't know what exactly that meant. And it, you <laughs> it's know, just how you felt. You know. I just, yeah. yeah. Just there, stay in bed. There wasn't something dangerous that I was yeah. considering. Right. I was just quitting. And yeah. I, I cannot move on. It's never your faith. So the Holy it was Spirit just said, your can you give me 15 minutes? And I go, nope. And he said, what about 10? No, I cannot. Five. No. Because of who I am and how well you know me, can you do three minutes? And I crossed my arms like I am right now. And I said, okay. Three minutes, you've got it. So I stood there alone in my bedroom watching the clock. Three minutes was up, and I said, that's it. I'm done now. And he goes, could you give me three more minutes? Hmm. Okay. I, I talked to them real, like this. It was the Lord <laughs> and the Holy Spirit. And so I said, okay, you've got three more minutes. And then he said, okay, could you do 10? And then he stretched it out to tw 20. Hmm. And wow, what a trip of... His faithfulness, his personal hand raising of me and the intimacy I have and the joy that I have. Mm -hmm. That he's not just brought me through the grief, but what he's taught me one-on-one -on -one with him. And Cheryl, this is the woman that I know. You know, I, I got to meet Bill, thankfully, but when we began a relationship, I saw you just so dependent. Mm -hmm. I saw everyday miraculous and the, the needs and the mundane of a widow. And I'm so glad you highlighted like she's homeschooling and remained homeschooling the children that were still um, in Everybody her home. Everybody through adulthood. Through adulthood. And the dependence, the zeal, the joy, the passion, the intimacy, those are all like, I cannot understate enough how real those have been. And it's beautiful. I want to just dig in a little bit with this statement that Bill said, because I had never heard part of these stories, so I'm fascinated. You said, he said, babe, um, brokenness is the only thing that works. What did that mean to you then and begin to mean to you and even mean to you now, just unpacking what happened? Okay, because we go back to the instant pot and the teaching, whether it's parenting, the big lie was for Christian parents of my generation is, Good Christian parenting in, good kids out. Yeah, do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then you put that on steroids if you moved into the Christian homeschooling movement. <laughs> okay, so brokenness, because that's all we have to bring. Mm -hmm. And we thought God could use or kind of needed our strengths or mm -hmm. anything that we needed to be fully dependent. It's grace. Yeah, That was a big statement of grace mm -hmm. that he doesn't need us, mm. but the blessing that he could use us. And all we do is bring ourselves with empty hands and hold them open and say, Lord, what? What do yes. you want? Mm. Fill us. We can't do it on our own. We bring nothing to you. Mm -hmm. Before salvation, after salvation, all we have is you. Yeah. Mm. That's what it meant. Right. Mm. And it's only, again, <laughs> There's just no comparison of what I understood then and what oh. I wow. have now. It's just, it's amazing to see how full of faith and joy and hope and life you are after, let's be honest, 
you have encountered what would be any of our worst nightmares, Mm -hmm. losing a spouse or losing a child. I would say that's up there at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. But to still be able to say God is good, God is faithful, is amazing. It makes me think of that verse in Psalms that God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I have a seven-year-old. I have a 10-year-old. I'm right in the middle of a lot of the mess. What did that look like as you continued to raise your children to adulthood? That verse, how did you see it really play out? A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. Well, now my cup, you know, half full, half empty, it got poured upside down. Mm-hmm. So all I had was Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I still thought, oh, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. Like I even once said to my kids, as we started coming out that six months mm-hmm. and everybody started kind of acting more themselves, I gathered everybody around and I said, hey, come on, let's just be kind with each other, do what I ask, and I'm not going to ask you a lot. And our lives, we were bleeding all over each other. Mm -hmm. That was the thing. If God could have, like, frozen my children and allowed me to heal on my own, it would have been different. But we all, as a family, (laughs) bled all over each other. Mm -hmm. It was so hard. And I remember, I mean, I tell people, you know, read the Word, particularly Psalms. Read the Psalms. But when you're hurting, when life is really hard and it's killing you, drink the Psalms. Mm. I mean, no one had to ever say, Cheryl, why don't you pick up your Bible? (laughs) I drank the Word. And I remember researching about widows that, particularly at first year, I realized we're in a special class that no one else in the whole Word of God is. And he doesn't ask anything of us. He gives us these kind of promises. He said, I'll set your boundaries. All of the things that he promises a widow, he doesn't ask anything of us. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, he says, if or he requires, like marriage, the blessings of marriage, there are things required in it, not of widows. Right. And so you have to understand it didn't look, it never, it still doesn't even look like what you might think that would look like at all. It's just his promise of faithfulness. And so that is what I have drunk and lived all these years. And all the podcasts that will be played around the world this year could not contain my testimony of the details of his faithfulness and grace Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. Of course, there. I mean, financially, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. I had someone about a year ago that uh, we hosted a thing at our home and he came, and he knew some of my stories, a friend of one of my daughters, and he had a family, and he was struggling so much trying to provide for his family, and he said, okay, sure, I'll sit down. How did you do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is impossible. The home we own, everything, and I said, it's supernatural. Uh-huh. I just live a supernatural life. Now, supernatural life, Jesus lived a supernatural life, and they crucified him, mm. okay? It was not my perfection. It just has to be supernatural. I could not have survived Mm. if it wasn't. It's just the dependence. Jesus, I don't know what to do. 2 Chronicles 20.12, that chapter is a story of Jehoshaphat, king in Jerusalem. And there were three armies that were coming. And back then, they didn't have GPS. They didn't have, you know, (laughs) satellites. They had no idea. And someone said, oh, by the way, they're right, three armies right outside Jerusalem. They will be here in the morning. And so Jehoshaphat did the right thing, and he called everybody to pray. And the first Jehoshaphat said, 
this is my version, O Father, O Lord, I have no power against this vast army that's coming against me, but my eyes are on you. And then you read down a little bit more, and the prophet said, don't worry, the battle's not yours, it's the Lord. And so I took that verse literally, and my kids have heard me. Mm-hmm. I remember standing in the kitchen, I'm on my knees, <laughs> and, and how do I meet that need and this need and be two places and have the money, and how <laughs> oh, can word. I be what my children needed me to do and do all the things I had to work hard in our lives? Now, it's true. God told me, I know I'm stacking all the stories, but you have to know, two weeks after Bill died, and we had $7,000 in the bank, okay? About two weeks after he died, the Lord said to me, you're not going to have to go back to work. And I went, what? Now, we had sacrificed for me to stay home all those years Mm -hmm, and for mm -hmm. Bill to stay underemployed. But I went, Lord, am I hearing you right? So I didn't like want to stand up on a big mountain and tell everybody. So I told my mom and one other close friend. <laughs> and I go, this is what I know I heard God say, but let's wait and make sure I wasn't just hearing something. Right. Well, here we are <laughs> 20, question, 20 right? years are. later. Now I've done ministry, but I've been staying home, homeschooling mom all these years. Yeah. And God just provided in different ways uh, through people. In various so ways. Many ways. People have been very generous. But. It was just supernatural. Mm-hmm. And that standing there going, Father, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at uh, James 1, 5 that says, anybody lacking wisdom, you just ask God and he'll yes. give it. Okay, I'm not depending on me. Lord, I don't know what to do. Yes. What do I do? My children fighting and yelling at each other. And there's such tension in the home. And harmony is just my heart. And there was not a, always <laughs> a lot of harmony. Yeah. And I did not know what to do. Uh Mm -hmm. And so then I will tell you, that's one place I felt God kind of abandoned me because he didn't show up the way I thought he would show up. I thought the wisdom was going to be tell no to this one, do the... Now, he did that a hundred thousand times. But there are so many times where I said, I don't... Mm. What do I do with this? Mm -hmm. With this, with this, with this, with this. Things that you would normally be going to Bill about. Absolutely. He would be your sounding board. And I go, remember that father to the fatherless? Remember that Uh you... uh, Jehovah Ishi, I think is the word, is God is my husband. And I go, you're not showing up. Mm. I don't know what to do. Okay. Fast forward 10 years and my children start telling me that me talking like that, asking God out loud, I don't know what to do. That verse, two of my children have come and said that verse, they quoted that verse when they were in situations mm. and they didn't know what to do. Wow. So you see, he actually answered my prayer wow. in a vastly different, infinitely better way than what I wanted was just help in the moment. Yeah. Real quick, Chase, a quick rabbit, just to say this. You might have thought throughout this podcast, Cheryl Lang has been Amy's mentor. What a blessing. I wonder if I could have been a fly in the wall, what she learned. And one of the things, because I would go to Cheryl in the thick of these little kids, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Help, I'm drowning. And Cheryl would always just say, Listen to the Holy Spirit, follow the Holy Spirit, depend on the Holy Spirit. And I have to say, like, that really irritated me. (laughs) 
I didn't want to hear <laughs> that. Awesome. I needed some specific answers. I want clarity. Yeah. Tell me what I need to do. Help me fix this problem. But she's right. And I've learned the depth of the wisdom of the accuracy. That is the right answer. I just got tired of hearing it. But it's the absolute truth. Like the Holy Spirit will show us. He'll guide us. Just We need to depend on Him and that's just a big takeaway from my time with you. Praise God. Yeah. Really amazing. <laughs> this is speaking to me because mm-hmm. I feel like there have been multiple times this week where I felt like, God, I don't know what to do. And I prayed for clarity and I prayed for wisdom and I prayed for understanding. And I feel like you are not answering me. And mm-hmm. I know that you say you're faithful and I know you're my God and I know that you will show up. But like you're talking about, it's mm-hmm. not always that instant pot. <laughs> <laughs> And so just for people listening right now, because I think everyone can relate to that. So I think no matter what someone who's listening, no matter their relationship status or their social status or their job status, telling God, being honest and not pretending Mm -hmm. and not being fake. But God, I don't know what to do, but I am putting my foot on the ground and I'm standing on your word and I'm believing you that you're going to show up. That's what I hear you saying. And that's yes. speaking to me because I'm a doer and I, I, uh-huh, I, I'm i busy. Too. And so I feel like, yeah, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. And when I don't have that next step, I don't know, doing nothing feels weird, but it's that trust. It's that silent, not always silent, but just trust that you're speaking to. See, yes. I, I look at the life of Jesus. If you read the Gospels, one time I actually tried to calculate how much time Jesus spent walking just between cities when they go. And then he went to Capernaum. Just he only had three years of public ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it looks like he wasted there were no a cars lot of or trains. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's always all about the heart. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, Jen, I would, I would say you have to understand God's trying to talk to your heart. Mm-hmm. He's just using parenting to do a mighty work of transformation in you. Mm-hmm. And he wants you to quit being successful. Mm-hmm. He wants you dependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then that doesn't mean you can't succeed, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if ever I'm succeeding because of my dependence, and mm-hmm. success doesn't look like, you know, running right. the world. But, but I don't want success without no. Jesus. Yes. I want that, Jesus. Yes. It's yes. not even like I, I want success with Jesus. If I were going to pray for you, I would pray that you would be so desperate for him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I would pray for you is that you know that he loves you. Not like John 3.16, for God so loved the world (laughs) that he gave his one and only son. That's absolutely true. And he loves his children in a way that's special. He has different special loves. But that first year, that was my fight. And I don't know if I said this earlier. My fight was, Lord, I know your sovereignty. We embrace it. You're doing a really mighty work that's so hard. I don't know if I can survive. But I have to know that you love me. Mm-hmm. Not for anything I bring or can do or have potential. I don't want to know that I'm just in there with everybody mm-hmm. else. I need to know this is one-on-one me with mm-hmm. you and that you love me. And that's what he taught me that first year. And I remember the anniversary month, I could say, would I take Bill back in a heartbeat? But not if I had to give up what I've learned about Jesus. Mm. Because it was from then, it was one-on-one, me and him. I wasn't something special. I was just a person who was desperate 
Mm-hmm. And I knew enough about him and about his word yeah. that he is what I was desperate for. Yeah. For every yeah. breath I breathed. So good. I don't mm-hmm. ever want to change that. Right. Cheryl, as we've been listening to your story of, of loss and great changes, I know it's been up and down. And, and I love how you've shared just the dependency that you've had on the Lord and your intimacy and getting to know him. And um, how have you maintained just an awesome level of trust like I know you have um, where your eyes have just stayed on Jesus? How has the scriptures, how has your faith been shaped in a way that no matter if things are going great or if things are looking pretty bad, how do you just keep that trust alive? Well, you say ups and downs. It was mostly hard. Sometimes, like, can't breathe hard rather than, oh, this is okay for a long time because of my heart, because inside of me, expectations about life, discouragement, it's a big thing for me. Um, For one thing, there wasn't another gas station. Jesus was the only thing that worked, okay? Uh And there are specific stories where the Holy Spirit taught me so much grace for other people because I realize a lot of people's choices that look like bad choices actually they're just trying to stop the pain. Mm. The pain is so bad, whatever it is. And he's just given me such wonderful insight to understand all of our brokennesses, but particularly people that are hurting and broken in ways that I might not have understood. And, you know, you're kind of talking about a doer. Part of the problem is I was the queen of regret. You know, oh, no, I didn't realize I had a dollar coupon if I just used the coupon or whatever it is. And I have no one to blame for the way my kids turned out, humanly speaking, because I was the influence of their lives. And I can't look, I can't even blame their dad very much on it. (laughs) So... I would be consumed with regret for my mistakes, the lack of grace that I had for other people, my all of my yuck and hurting other people or saying the wrong thing or not being mature enough or being so insensitive. And I was consumed with regret until God taught me more about himself. And he used the reality of Romans 8.28, the word all. For we know that in all things God works for his glory and our ultimate joy. And the all means all my mistakes, not the really good, nice things that we do. Mm -hmm. Ladies, if you're listening, all means all. Mm. And I'll pay you $100 million if you can tell me something that's outside of all. (laughs) Okay? It's everything. So my dependence and my need drove me to go I'm either going to be consumed with regret for real mistakes and real immaturity and real Mm -hmm. insensitivity, or I'm going to take God at his word. Mm -hmm. And so I would leave everyone with knowing that all, wherever they are on their spiritual journey, God does work all. It's not even he has to use all. He's bigger than that. Mm -hmm. He works it all. 
And like I say, sometimes it'll be eternity before we see right. mm-hmm. even a glimpse of what the all is. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love the latter half of that verse that says, for his ultimate glory and our joy. Yes. yes. So it's both. And the fact that he cares about that. Yes. yes. Not, I mean, yes, his glory and our joy, which our joy gives him glory and mm-hmm. our pain can give him glory and our suffering and our all the things. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. This is just so, so deep and rich. And I appreciate you telling us the part about just that discouragement and that pain because you look across from you and you're just beautiful. I think you look a million years younger than you are. Uh And you're so positive and joyful. And so just to rip open the layers a little bit. Oh, yes. um, But God has just continues to do a renewing work. This is how amazing he is. Mm -hmm. Yes. Look at what a God we know. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So we'd love to know. We always love to know. Do you have any great resources, either your own personal resources or just books or sermons or study tools, anything that you love and want to recommend to everybody else? Absolutely. Well, I commend the Word of God to you. (laughs) Okay? Yes. Really and truly, part of the problem with this age that we have with everything on our phones, everything around, too many resources. (laughs) Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I'm concerned that people are spending more time on really good resources than the Word. Mm -hmm. And so just actually reading the Word. I would rather spend five minutes reading with him than five hours listening to a lot of other things Mm -hmm. and so forth. So I commend the word. Um, My life was changed through the book that we taught, Grace Rules by Steve McVeigh. Mm. Something about it. It's not a deep theological treatise, Mm. but there was something when I read that book, it it was almost like I was born again, again Mm -hmm. in an understanding about grace. To really live in grace for me, for others, Mm -hmm. Um, and again, that I want to be responsible, but I want him to carry the responsibility. And one uh, teacher that that really builds me up on that is Paul Tripp, the two Mm -hmm. Ps. I like him. Uh, New Morning Mercies. Mm -hmm. It is a fabulous devotion. He has always encouraged me more about that grace is the power to live right now with Jesus Mm. and to give that to others. If you want the best parenting book I know is his book, Mm -hmm. 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family. Mm. It's amazing. Hands down, it's the best parenting book, best one resource I've ever seen. Mm. Um, And then part of my passion about that is I've been in parenting ministry for about 20 years, Impact Parenting with an M, is our ministry. And then I'm really excited to tell you that uh, we're hoping this fall to launch the parenting podcast. So Not it's just easy. hoping, you're planning on yeah, it. It's yes. launching. Well, we're working on it. We've had a few uh, hurdles, yeah. but we're working on it. I'm so excited. And again, an opportunity to just share what he's taught us and all of that with more women and then point everybody wherever they are on their journey to Jesus. Mm. So good. Mm. And we will, of course, link that up in the conversation notes. So, Cheryl, this all has been so wonderful. Wish we had more time, but would you mind just leaving us with the final word of encouragement? And also, I would love it if you would just pray over our listeners. Well, this is really linked to my understanding of grace. And it isn't that Jesus gives us hope. Jesus gives us love. Jesus gives us the power to live this life. It's He is our hope. The Word calls Him living hope. And so I would say 
don't seek things from Jesus, mm-hmm. seek Jesus, mm-hmm. because he is the answer. Yes. And that's the same thing, like the wisdom. He is the wisdom. There is a quote that I have on the wall of our room, and that's like I was talking earlier about wisdom, and it says that the true definition of wisdom is insight into the ways and purposes of God. Hmm. So rather than answers, it's accumulated insight in the ways and purposes of God. And that's really it, to quit looking for answers and look to Him. And again, Hmm. as I will pray here, I would wish you abject dependence on Him and knowing Him, and then seek to find out how much He loves you. I would love to pray. Lord, what a blessing it is to sit here with these lovely women and just talk about you. I never knew this would be my life that I would be sharing about. And I thank you so much. I thank you that you do love me. You do hand raise me. And Father, I pray for everyone who's listening, everyone who is seeking you, whether they already really know you or not that you would reveal yourself to them as who you are. And they would look to you and become more and more dependent. And then, Lord, I ask you to show them how much you love each one and how delighted you are because they're your son or daughter. Father, I pray that you would use our time here and our words for your glory and that you would minister in the hearts and lives of people, and you would do a mighty work. Mm, And you would be glorified, and they would learn to seek you as their joy, because you are everything that I ever thought you might be, and I've just scratched the surface. Mm. Thank you, Jesus, to you be all honor and power and glory and might and opinion forever and ever because of who you are and what you've done. Amen. Well, as you can tell, we did not want this episode to end. In fact, I didn't get to ask Cheryl as much about parenting as I would have liked. But please, all you mamas out there, do yourself a favor. Go to her website at impactparenting.com and dive into her incredible resources. And stay tuned for her forthcoming podcast. We will, of course, have that and everything else linked up as usual in the conversation notes at genjewel.com. So women ask me all the time, what can I do to help? How can I get the word out about the messy table? And the answer is super simple. If you're grateful for these episodes in any way, please feel free to share. Share with a friend, share on social media, tag some of your favorite women, subscribe. You can even leave a review for us in iTunes, which doesn't take long or seem like much, but it actually makes a huge difference in the visibility on Apple Podcasts and helps women from all over the world find these encouraging conversations. We read and appreciate every single comment. It means so much. And of course, you can find the Messy Table Podcast on Instagram. Let us know what you would add to the conversation. Seriously, our favorite thing is hearing from you. Well, as you head back out into your world and into your week, remember, yes, life is messy but God is at work in your mess.